All right, here we go. Hello, and welcome to the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast, a podcast that seeks the answer to the question of, what are we even doing here? From a biblical perspective, this is in our own life and the world. My name is Daryl, and I'm here with my wife, Karen. Yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Not again. (laughs) It's back again. Was that the, the last time we recorded in Maryland where you grew, or when was that? I remember listening to that one. Yeah. 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 Well, we're, we're here once again on location in on Frederick, location. Maryland with our friends. What are we even doing here? What are we even doing here in Maryland? What are you doing with, here? With, with Kyle and Hannah. They keep inviting us back. I don't know why. Yeah. It's a tradition. I'm mentally unstable. <laughs> yeah. Well, once a year, at least, we, we come down, travel down the uh, 295 and various roads through the... Each year, we get more high maintenance. Yeah. And Baby's here with us. You can hear Baby. He's got a voice for radio. <laughs> but uh, we were also here with uh, our friends... Katie and Joey, but they had to leave before we recorded. But we were looking forward to catching up with them on this podcast, but we did catch up with them over the weekend. Yes. And the big event happened in their life last weekend. They, what happened? What happened? Who wants I to think they became life partners. Is that <laughs> Man, another roommates? Roommates. <laughs> roommates. They decided they to share move a cat now. in together to share a cat. Well, <laughs> who knows for how long they'll, they'll have that cat. I did see a post love you, Avery. that they were looking for a, a, a home for that cat, but oh, really? yeah, so that's morning. But anyway, so yeah, if you're looking for a cat, maybe you can contact us. And yes, they're looking for a good home. <laughs> if you're looking for a dog, sometimes we're considering that as well. But it's okay, Rue. It's okay. Rachel's safe so far. She bought herself another week. <laughs> but what we what we like to do. Uh, on this podcast is just kind of discuss if you listen to the one we posted last week we it was a replay of when we were here last year where we kind of shared our background as, as Christians our walk together with the Lord um, as husband and wife and Joey was single at that time so I was I was looking I'm a little disappointed we didn't have uh, find the time yeah. to get them on but but you know what they live in Jersey we live in Jersey there's no excuse why why we can't have them on the uh, in our town, but we have you guys. We have you guys. So Just us. we'd like to, to catch up with you and let our listeners know what has happened over the year uh, since we last spoke. If you want to talk about that, I don't really have any specific questions. <laughs> we know that last time you had, you know, were just months into having a baby, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And now your baby's a little over one. Toddler, now. a toddler, toddling around all yeah. over the place. <laughs> How much noise can we make on this episode? <laughs> oh, it's all right. Our listeners know we. Uh, yeah. This is a family podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Uh huh. It goes on around the table while family happens. Yeah. Real life. But what? What over the year has? As raising a child, a one-year-old, were were some challenges that you that you. Go ahead, my beautiful wife. You may want to lead that one. Thank you. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I would definitely say we didn't anticipate the impact it would have on our marriage. Mm. Like, I think before we were just kind of like, oh, yay, baby. And then we just got into the routine of like, you do this, I do this. And we weren't really making that time to connect. Mm -hmm. um, and more, most importantly, like, I think we, we, um, we let our family devotions fall to the wayside. Um, and I think that impacted things a yeah. lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, I think it was harder than we anticipated. Much. Like making that time. Yeah. yeah. What would you say? Well, I never knew how much free time I had until I had a baby. <laughs> and, a, and a dog. Yeah, and a dog. But that's <laughs> a whole dwight. other story. I don't want to digress. Um, yeah, so Lydia's a toddler, so I'm seeing the challenges of her temper, um, her disobedience, and her energy. She has one mode, and that's just run around, um, which you guys know all about. Um, yeah, like Hannah said, one thing was we kind of just cruised into parenthood and didn't know what to expect. And not having our devotions down, not having that spiritual strength really mm. hit us hard. And it kind of just became like, oh, after work, we're just doing our second job. I'll clean the house, take the trash out, mm. and just feeding the baby, bathing her. And then we go to our respective areas mm. and close out the night. Mm. And I think we got to a point where we're like, this is not good. This is bad. Mm -hmm. It was really affecting us. Yeah, even yeah, just being short, short tempered with mm -hmm. each other, and just like not feeling like we were communicating well. Yeah, but the good news is we were convicted of it. Yes, and we've been kind of getting on a train, if you will. Joel Beek's book, Family Worship, has been very helpful, mm -hmm. um, kind of laying out the basic principles mm -hmm. for it and how to do it. Um, so even though we don't do it every day, we are we make sure weekly that we are doing devotions from reading Puritan prayers, mm -hmm. praying together, reading, reading some scripture, and then talking about it. It's mm -hmm. kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. Um, but even that is just something to help keep you grounded. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I would say that it's definitely challenging parenthood, but it's just like marriage is almost like accelerated sanctification. Yeah, for me. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. a good way to describe it. Yeah. No, definitely, it, it's a different dynamic, you know, different, uh, mm -hmm. uh, a different challenge. You know, yeah. you, you get married, and then it's all right. Now, how do I live with this person? Mm -hmm. This other person who's a sinner. You know, so as, as Christians, we ha we have that advantage of knowing. Okay, I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. How do we work this out? Where I think people who aren't Christians who struggle in their marriage, they they just give up because they mm -hmm. they don't realize that. This is a sinner in grace. I need grace. I've been forgiven. So they don't see marriage as that picture of Christ and us being sanctified and how God sanctifies us. Mm -hmm. And then you get a, a, a child thrown into the mix yeah. who is a natural born sinner. Right. right? So you see that depravity of, you know, this toddler who wants something and that's all they know is like, this is, I want this now. I want this now. I want this now. So then you have to deal with that and teaching them patience and Again, sanctifying yourself mm -hmm. through that process, being sanctified. Uh, and it's funny, like, you know, over the years, our challenges, or over this past year, you know, we went from one child to, who just turned 10 mm -hmm. today as we record. 
happy birthday. Yeah, Rue. Yeah, she went. She went downstairs. But Rue is 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 ten. And then now, then we got this other child who Baby. you hear, <laughs> Davy, who, who constantly wants to be on the podcast. <laughs> you know what's weird? When I was listen, re-listening to the episode that we recorded last year, I would hear the baby in the background. Yeah. We didn't have him yet, but when I was first hearing it, I'm like, man, he's, he's really, wait, that wasn't him? <laughs> I was like, so even even from the beginning of our recordings, we've had some kind of child screaming. But, uh, and then the, yeah, the, the other change that we had recently is now we have a, a third uh, child, uh, another foster, who we have to think of a term to re- refer to her as so <laughs> yeah yeah uh because as having foster children i think we explained before on the podcast we can't say their name like mm-hmm. on social media so mm-hmm. just to protect her and her family as well right. mm-hmm. uh, you know so but uh so it's been challenging because we went you know from one child to three in a matter of a year so yeah. we had to adjust 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 yeah. uh but i think having for me at least i I remembered all the mistakes, and I still make mistakes, but all the mistakes I made when Rue was born and me kind of not stepping up. And I, I wasn't a Christian then either. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that that's an excuse, but now with this baby, I'm trying to be more hands-on, you know, less fearful. I think I was afraid a lot, and yeah. maybe that's an excuse. Like, I didn't want to break <laughs> the child. I didn't want to make a mistake. So it's, I, I, I think of it almost as, like, Adam's... Uh, excuse, right? Like mm-hmm. he was there when the serpent tempted Eve, but he stood back because he didn't want to take that responsibility. Almost because maybe he felt like, oh, I don't want to mess this up. But at the same time, I, I can blame her in the end. Like, look what she did. Look at this woman that you gave me, God. Yeah. You know. So take that step and, and it's like, all right, well, Karen, you do this. But now I'm trying to be more active yeah. in that, and yeah. and it's good that. I think you guys interact together well with each other. Just what I've seen over the weekend and even last year being here, like, you know, Lydia cries when you jump in, but it's kind of like you're not waiting for the other one to. Like, you just go ahead and do it. But well, I had that same fear. I thought I was going to break Lydia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and over the past week, she's collected uh, quite a few bumps and, bumps and bruises. bruises, you know. Yeah. It happens, mm-hmm. and she's had her exposure to germs for sure. So it helps me get over it. Yeah. You can't be germaphobic. Yeah. Anymore. It's impossible. Uh, I would like sanitize my sanitized countertops. <laughs> yeah, I think when we when uh, Rue was born, yeah, we were very cautious. But yeah, as you, you have more kids, like mm-hmm. I think, and you see that with people who have multiple kids. By the time like the third one comes around, they're just like, yeah, they're like, all right. Oh, you're climbing up the the wall there. Fine, you're whatever. The floor. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> what so I see with, with Karen's nephews. Like, yeah. there's four of them, and yeah, they're like each one was kind of like, yeah. all right. <laughs> and they're okay. Yeah, yeah. they are fine. Mm-hmm. Anything else exciting happened this past year? Do you want to... Dude. <laughs> he won't let me talk. We always talk to him. I didn't hear like the microphone. I know. Looks like he's smiling. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm 
Yes. Well, had us. Um, you completed some type of education thing this year, right? What you do? Almost. Yeah. Yeah. You I'm talk about that. Third year of grad school, um, and it's a summer program. So it's pretty intense trying to get nine credits in three weeks. Mm -hmm. So that's a challenge, a big challenge. A lot of sleep deprivation and mm -hmm. high stress. And awesome family that helps us. Yes. So. Well, I was about to say, yeah. Kyle, Kyle bears, forbears with me. <laughs> and the lot. other way around. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I got one more year. Yeah. And uh, then we'll be rich. <laughs> <laughs> Not. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. What, what is your grad school for? Um, I'm getting it in uh, Master's in Music Ed. Excellent. But, and if you're music education literate, I don't know, um, it's going to be in the Kodai emphasis. Mm -hmm. um, just a, kind of an approach to music education. So, yeah. I think I always used to say it wrong. Is because it isn't spelled like Kodale? Yeah. <laughs> Kodali. Yeah, Kodali. 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 K-O-D-A-L-Y, something like that. Yeah. I went to music school. I know this stuff. <laughs> we're all musicians here, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back and talk about their church and the life that they have with their church body. What's up, everyone? This is James Watkins, host of the Five Souls podcast and founder of Five Souls Ministries. Be sure to check out our podcast that releases every Thursday on your favorite podcasting app as we discuss Christian doctrine and dive into the Reformed theological distinctives and their continued relevance for the church and world today. Grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, scripture alone, to the glory of God alone. Join us each episode as we discuss the truths of these foundational rallying cries of the Protestant Reformers and how this material helps challenge and direct the current church in its life of worship and witness. Visit us online at www.5solasministries.com. That's www.5solasministries.com to learn more information about the ministry and to also check out our awesome Five Solas lineup of t-shirts and gospel tracks. And as always, may all that you do be done to the glory of God. Soli. Deo. Gloria. And we're back. We hope you uh, go to that podcast that we just played a commercial for they're awesome and also i think i forgot to mention we are part of the christian podcast community and you can find all the podcasts on the christian podcast community at christianpodcastcommunity.org so check out all of those podcasts there's a lot of good podcasts out there and at the end of this podcast i'm going to ask kyle what podcasts he recommends what he listens to uh probably much of the same ones i do and i've recommended already but he he's well versed in his podcast. I might even ask him what books he's reading lately, because there's not enough podcasts out there that do that at the end of their That's podcast right. with their guests. Yeah, we need recos, <laughs> recos, recos. But anyway, Kyle, every time we come here, one of the highlights that my family has is we get to go to your church, and that is mine too. Uh, yeah, excellent. Uh, New Hope. Presbyterian Church, right? Or is it New Orthodox Hope? Presbyterian New Church? Orthodox Presbyterian. Yeah. Let's get it right. It's not PCA, it's OPC. That's right. Excellent. Ortho. Ortho. <laughs> not orthopedic. <laughs> yeah. But what I love about it, even from the first time we went there, is just the reverence for worship, the reverence for the word. And I I think the first time I went there, we weren't going 
to a church or haven't really attended any churches that had a liturgy like that outside of the Roman Catholic Church. You know, mm-hmm. I grew up Roman Catholic. And I think a lot of times, at least for me, when I first came to the Lord seven years ago and started going to the church I was going to, I kind of liked that it didn't have a liturgy. And I think it was because I didn't understand really the point of liturgy. So I just automatically associated it with that format of church to be Roman Catholic, which if you do a study of church history, that's not true at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- that's just something I liked about your church. And again, at that time, I was more led towards a more like less formal liturgy, which a lot of modern evangelical churches are leaning towards. Um, but I also appreciate your your pastor. Like I think the first time we went there, greeted us, and a lot of other people came up to us. Yeah. So it's not you know I think Reformed churches sometimes get a reputation of being stiff and you know unwelcoming, mm-hmm. but not at all at your church. So uh, I love what's going on there, and and the worship music was great. You do a mix of hymns with more some contemporary stuff, but it's not like the popular necessarily contemporary Correct. stuff yeah it's not going to be ccm mm-hmm. yeah like you yeah. would hear on the radio so it's like sovereign grace mm-hmm. uh and they write tons of biblically based songs so it's almost like they write modern hymns mm-hmm. some of them have choruses but they'll take the scripture and not just repeat these things seven times or you know for like just to get you into a mood they actually write good, solid mm-hmm. biblical songs. And you guys do a great mix of that. And I love the way your pastor is the leader, the worship leader, essentially, of the whole service. But what drew you guys there initially mm-hmm. when you moved to this area and you were looking for a church? Like, what kind of yeah. drew you to this church? It's actually a good question. Um, so I moved here when we were engaged. Had my own place, obviously. We weren't married yet. And I needed a new church body. So I was going to go hunting, and I would go on a church website, and the first thing I would look for was statement of faith. Mm. I need to know what you believe. Um, So I ended up going to one church, which I would say um, just an evangelical church. Um, Well-read pastor, knew his stuff, but I definitely would disagree eschatologically. They weren't reformed. Furthermore, I don't think I had a concept of what Reformed was. So I became Calvinistic in my convictions um, while I was still in New Jersey. So were you. In fact, we had a little group of guys that were all Calvinists at the time that we hung out with. Um, So that was important to me. And I would type in Reformed churches in the area, which ended up being a mistake because I was getting United Church of Christ Reformed. So... Hmm. Let's just say they're in a contest with the PCUSA of how many doctrines they can deny. Right. Um, so not anywhere I want to be. So uh, I ended up going on a f- Facebook page with some Reformed guys that I was, and I asked, I said, hey, here's where I'm living, and I'm looking for a church that is Reformed. Mm-hmm. So he's like, dude, some guy messaged me. He's like, you got some Presbyterian churches in your area. I would definitely recommend getting into a Presbyterian church. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. So I Googled Presbyterian churches, and I think the first one on the list was New Hope. Opened it up, and I loved what I saw. Not only did I see that they cared about doctrine and the gospel, but here I had a list of all the pastors and elders. Hmm. 
um, a very clear vision of what church is and what they're about. So my first time there, I sat down. Um, it's probably pretty homely looking. I had a massive beard with my beanie on. And uh, my buddy still remembers first time he saw me come in. I sat alone and I loved it. I loved that we had a time to prepare our hearts with quotes from older and newer guys in mm -hmm. the fit. Um, it was liturgical, which was definitely new for me. Um, and the content, he was preaching through Matthew at the time. He was going through, uh, I think, the Beatitudes. Um, and it just kind of got exegetical preaching that I wasn't used to. So I was hooked. And one of the elders came up to me after. Then I went on to meet my primary teaching pastor, who is Francis. And he invited me to his house. And he let me pick his brain for about two hours. And I was so excited. I couldn't wait to tell Hannah when I got home. And she shortly followed suit. And we went together. We both decided this is something that fits us. Um, and then we became members. And to become a member in our church body, they take your statement of faith very seriously. Mm -hmm. The elders know that they're held accountable for those they give um, authority right. over, right? So what they say is, listen, we're going to give you some classes. So we do two classes where we go over the history of the OPC, mm -hmm. where we go over the doctrinal distinctives. And then we have to meet with all the elders. And they ask us questions. They ask us questions. I mean, they don't grill you, but hey, listen, yeah. what is your, what do you believe? Tell us about your testimony. Mm -hmm. Do you understand the gospel? Do you understand, you know, the basic things about it? And then they put it to a vote for your membership. And fortunately, by the skin of our teeth, we got in. Um, <laughs> it was, there's, a hanging, they, there's hanging Chad. There's it's still there's a recount in demand. I yeah, think, might have been their yeah. biggest regret. Um, I think it's under no. protest. Yeah. <laughs> so no, we've been happily members there since 2015. Um, yeah, and we love it. So that's how we found it. And as we spend time there, we've obviously better understood Reformed faith, especially more in the Presbyterian tradition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hannah, what's something that you, uh, you know, you felt drawn to that church? Like, you know, it's, it's, I think, imperative that a husband and wife agree on the church they go to. Uh, it's terrible. I think there are some people that, you know, husbands and wives that go to separate churches, which yeah, is kind of strange. Yeah. <laughs> and families. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what what was your draw to the church after Kyle, you know, comes home, tells you about this church, and, and then you end up going? Like, right. I think I think initially I think I was I was a bit scared, a little bit hesitant. I think because I had been at the church I had been at prior, mm -hmm. um, I was like serving there and like kind of used to that. But when we went to um, New Hope, um, it was very like <laughs> it was very refreshing. I think the the preaching. Um, exegetical and like just so deep and I, and I was like wow like, this is awesome um, and also the community um, was a huge part I think again I think I was hesitant because I was so used to like where I was prior I'm like yeah people are really down to earth and I found out the same at New Hope people were very very caring um, when I had um, I was really sick for a time and people were just so thoughtful and kind. They brought me meals that I could eat. 
they gave me encouragement, they were praying for me, um, so that was huge. So I think the teaching um, and the community were huge, yeah. Awesome. I had a question in there. Flying around. Oh, oh, yeah, I remember now. What I lo love about your church, and we've also visited, you know, another Presbyterian church, OPC, mm -hmm. and I think Karen agrees with this, is the simplicity of the worship service. Mm. Where you wouldn't think of it, and I, I didn't think of it that way before, like a liturgy you think is more, like, entails a lot, like there's a lot of details in it, but yet... I found it more simple than the modern evangelical church where you go to and they have like a, a giant band and then, you know, they're playing all this music and there's lights and it just, to me, sometimes feels like there's a purpose behind it that's not just to glorify God. Like it's to draw people to, and maybe that's, I don't want to judge people's hearts and their intentions behind it, but Again, as I study Reformed theology and what's behind a liturgy of a, of a church that that worships that way, I, I just find it more simpler. It's you can follow it. You you can tell the gospel is what's driving the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying the gospel, like to get to the gospel, like to bring people in so they can hear the gospel. But the gospel and Christ is from from the call to worship to to the benediction at the end. You can see that theme throughout, and it's all pointing, you know, to the sermon. And even even when we had the Lord's Supper, like just the way the Lord's Supper was done was very reverent and and purposeful and simple. You know, mm -hmm. like it, it didn't have to be all this pomp and circumstance, which people looking in that don't know might assume that. Oh yeah. But when when you're there and and like it's just explained. It's, it's just simple. It just feels like this is how the Bible teaches us to worship. Mm -hmm. did, 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 you, did you find that transitioning from, you know, we went to the same church for a mm -hmm. while. And it's, it's, it's a completely different, I think, philosophy, ecclesiology. Yes. But to me, it just seems simpler than what we were part of before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, it, we always want to be careful with the words that we choose for our fellow brethren. Right brothers and sisters in the body and realize that there is a lot of liberty mm -hmm. for non-negotiables and uh, we can't hold conscience, Yeah, which is why confessions are very helpful too. But um, yeah, I would say that I liked the structure and order, but that brings a simplicity, that brings an expectancy. It's not spontaneous. Um, the Lord's Day is not meant to be spontaneous. Now mm -hmm. you may be hit spontaneously maybe with emotions mm -hmm. but you should be stirred emotionally um worshiping in spirit and truth you know yeah. if i'm singing a song and looking at the lyrics or even confession of sin or the assurance of pardon all those things are very moving but there's structure there yeah um it's not confusing because when you have order that helps obliterate confusion mm -hmm. right so um yeah, that's a big thing. And, you know, a lot with a contemporary services, um, the seeker-sensitive movement, which honestly I don't really think is flourishing, um, certainly not for non-believers. 
but you don't have to worry about the fine moving parts, so to speak. Like, oh, I got my light guy. I have mm -hmm. this. I have the projector screen. Not that there's anything wrong with a projector right. screen. Yeah. I'm not saying that. Um, but I don't need to worry about, oh, do I have this fancy name or this fancy series we're going to do. Again, not that there's anything wrong with the series. But right. having order, knowing that on the Lord's Day, we come to... We come together as a congregation. We come together as a covenant people. Mm -hmm. We come to worship God, and worship is from beginning to end. In fact, our whole lives are actually worship. Our lives, right. Romans, should be a living sacrifice. Mm -hmm. um, but knowing that um, I get to go in, prepare my heart, and I'm there to sing, I'm there to pray, and I'm here there to hear the word. And to not be afraid to go into the word deep. Mm -hmm. Which is huge because yeah. I feel that, I mean, it can be in non-reformed traditions too. I know a lot of people get fed well, but, you know, the duty is to, as Peter was told, feed my sheep mm -hmm. three times if you love me and feed my sheep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we get fed, which is a blessing. Yeah, we definitely get fed. Every yeah. time we come, we enjoy the preaching. The first time we were there, I think there was a guest preacher from... Uh, uh, Westminster, California, that came mm -hmm. in. I forget his name, but he preached yeah. Isaiah 6, mm -hmm. which I, is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And like he was just opening up things that I never saw in there before. Mm -hmm. And then the one sermon we came to, I think, after that, uh, your, your pastor was still in Matthew, I think, because I remember we were doing Matthew 18 in mm -hmm. church discipline. Yes. And he went through that, and yeah. two or three gathered into my name, and, you know, just about the true meaning of that text, and it's not just what most people think it is. And God can't show up if there's one person. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not here. Uh, and then last time he preached through, was he going through Leviticus or Deuteronomy? It was one of the... It was the, Leviticus. Leviticus, yeah. yeah. And even then, like, I, I've, I don't think I've ever heard Leviticus preached at a church. I mean, I've only been a Christian for seven years, so I'm sure... Yeah, and, and like... It's a hit with the non-believers. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just right on, and, and like, he tied it to Christ, and and, and this time he preached uh, Romans 11, with the, the branches, the branch, and being grafted in, as Gentiles were grafted into the branch. And he even hit on, like, the, top, the controversial passage, which those who differ on it, uh, eschatology... Mm. And he did it in a graceful way, too. He said, if you disagree with me on this, I'd love to talk to you about this. And it's fine. We can disagree. But it was all in humility because that was the point of the text. That's what he was bringing out. It's, it's humility. It's, it's us being humble and not being arrogant against those who are unbelievers. Mm -hmm. You know, at that time, it's the Jews and the Gentiles, you know, having that arrogance. The Gentiles are grafted in. Now we're in and you're out. Mm -hmm. And just how it can relate to us nowadays, still with the Jews, we still need to pray for the Jews yeah. and evangelize the Jews, but also with any unbeliever, we can't be arrogant against them because mm -hmm. that was us. That's right. You know? And that, that was beautiful. And what I would say, too, is through the whole like liturgy and everything, I was feeling emotional. So we don't have to manufacture, not to, again, being careful with our words, not that churches are intentionally trying to manufacture emotions. But just from the truth of the scriptures, you know, several texts were read, you know, without, not just in the sermon, they were, you know, leading up to the sermon, you know, the call to worship, the, 
the call of repentance, and he even explains some lyrics in some of the hymns. So you get an understanding of what are we doing in corporate worship, and that should drive your emotions. And even even going over the Lord's Supper and all that goes into that, and you know the fencing of the table, it's just reflecting on those truths drive us to worship God in spirit and in truth, with our emotions, with our intellect. And then from there we go out and we preach the gospel to all nations, and that should drive us. So it's not just like this pep rally that we have to get your emotions fed and then you feel good for the week. It's, it's to have your intellect fed, your truth, so you can have emotions, so you can love your neighbor as yourself and preach the gospel to them. Yeah, notice that in a way you can see how the world is theology. Mm. Emotion precedes theology. So I get how I view God is based on how I feel. I don't feel God could send someone to hell. I don't feel right. God would be wrath or judgmental. Whereas we say, listen, we start with what God has revealed about himself and we let that truth move us. And the Holy Spirit will, you know. Um, so yeah, that, that's an important fact to recognize that Hebrews 4.12, the word will do its job, you know. And that doesn't dismiss the preacher or teacher from using all the oratory skills that have been given, don't get me wrong. Right. But it's not up to the person. Mm -hmm. yeah. Excellent. We're going to take one more break and we're going to come back. And I'm going to ask you about another controversial issue and then uh, get to know what kind of books and podcasts you're, you're listening to. Cool. So we'll take a break. Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report is a podcast providing biblical interpretations and applications. It is a ministry of striving for eternity and part of the Christian podcast community. We provide a biblical view of cultural events, discuss how to apply God's word to the Christian life, address issues that concern the church, and we even take some time to offer a correct understanding of those commonly misinterpreted passages of scripture. You will hear from great guests like Justin Peters, Todd Friel, Jay Warren Wallace, and Gabe Hughes. Andrew has the Rap Report Daily, which is a two-minute Monday through Friday podcast, and then the longer Rap Report podcast for more content. Subscribe to both today by searching for Rap Report on any podcast app, spelled R-A-P-P, Report, or click the podcast link at strivingforeternity.org. And we're back. So, Kyle, you go to Presbyterian Church. That would essentially, I guess, make you Presbyterian now? Yes. You Presbyterians seem to mm -hmm. think we should sprinkle our babies. <laughs> now, I'm studying this topic. I am, because I, I want to know. Hey, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, you know, I still hold to believers' mm -hmm. credo, and, and you would too. You would say if, a, if an adult or a person comes to faith, they, they're baptized. If they Absolutely. haven't been baptized as an infant, they, they should get baptized. Uh, and uh, I'm almost convinced. I'm almost convinced. Mm -hmm. I am. I'm almost from the from the scriptures, and I think it's the the argument of covenant theology from the Presbyterian perspective, the Reformed perspective. Um, and I know Reformed Baptists would say, "Hey, we're Reformed too," which yes, but it's just a different view of the covenant sure. that they have. And uh, so, what what convinced you of Hey, it's thundering out. <laughs> but, but what was the convincing argument, the, the last kind of thing to drop that you said, oh, I see it now, 
Yeah. Yeah, well, I was um, probably like most people, you get baptized when you believe. Um, and that's what I was, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I know I was baptized when I was a child. Honestly, I can't remember if that was in a Catholic church or um, a Protestant line. I just don't remember. Okay. Um, but when I did get saved at 22 years old, um, I made a confession of faith, and I became baptized in public mm-hmm. with a few other people at our previous church. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to get baptized again. <laughs> um but now I have a daughter, you know, that kind of drove me to want to understand baptism more. And I would say I'm probably not the go-to guy to, to explain it, but I guess some things that I maybe found convincing. Um, and one of those were certainly the covenant theology mm-hmm. and um, the continuity yeah. of the covenants. And we see the beginning of the gospel in Genesis... Um, but we also see the promise to Abraham. Mm-hmm. And it's all sprinkled throughout there, too, right? It's not just one time that we hear that mentioned. Um, he's going to have descendants as grains of the sand. Mm-hmm. And then later in the New Testament, post Jesus, we see these texts being utilized, right? Um, not all Israel is Israel. Right. Um, even John the Baptist said, You think because you are. Of descendants, if Abraham, I tell you, God can make descendants from Abraham from these rocks. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't even rely on that. So it's not your ethnicity; it's the covenant people, it's the lineage of spiritual believers, the invisible church, right? Um, but when I got to study um, the Children of the Promise, which was, I think was a good primer book that my pastor gave me, um, and he kind of showed how there's always been one overarching, right, redemptive covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see it built upon from the Abrahamic covenant to the Mosaic covenant, the Davidic covenant, um, the Noahic, I forgot in there. Um, and all those things are true and good. And Jesus comes and fulfills, right? Right. Um, but I would say that I like how there was the mention of circumcision as the covenant sign. So the sign and seal was a big part for me in that book. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I saw that under the Old Testament, that circumcision was a sign, all right? All the males, eighth day. And that was their sign that did not make them believers, so. Right. Right? So there was no guarantee that you were a believer mm-hmm. or right with God. And we clearly see that mm-hmm. with a lot of the Jewish people. Um, and then when we come to the New Testament, we see that the sign is baptism. Um, so again, you're signed and you're sealed, but every individual has a a duty to appropriate that through faith. Right. Um, so yeah, not that I can pull everything out from my head, but I would say that that was, that that was a big one for Mm -hmm. me. And, and the covenant theology, I see how it tied in with the covenant theology. And what the author said was like, all of a sudden, oh, he talked about um, continuity and discontinuity. He says, we don't assume God just ceases to operate in ways without a scriptural warrant. You know, mm-hmm. so if they were doing this, they've always expected their children to be part of the covenant. So at this time, they wouldn't just expect that just to stop. It would be something that these people, the Jewish people, would be definitely used to right. um, in that time. So. I think all those pieces 
building upon building upon, I see, oh, I, I definitely see the merit in it. Mm -hmm. But in humility, I also recognize that the church is deeply divided on it. Yeah. And we, we know it's a secondary issue. Yeah. Um, and I can respect that. And I like, hey, yeah, let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. Got good friends, you know, who, who disagree, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but I would say that was one of the aspects that drew mm -hmm. me in. Yeah. No, it's. I just thought of as you were talking about circumcision is when a an adult would be, come into the Jewish faith, right? They would have to get circumcised after. So, in a way, and again, I'm not going pedo yet. So, listeners, everyone, calm down. Calm down. Yeah. Um, but would you, would you say that's like, you know, so now you have the infant baptized, but the believer who's an adult or the, the one who, who, the unbeliever that becomes a believer, puts their faith in Christ, then gets baptized, would be like the person who wasn't Jewish, who came into the faith mm. and then had to be circumcised after mm -hmm. they basically became Jewish or you know what I'm trying to say. I right? do know what you're trying so, to say. So it would be the same thing. In a way, it's a great question. I actually, right? don't know. Yeah, I have to. I have, yeah. have to ask a Presbyterian pastor. Yes. Yeah, you know a <laughs> few. Which is I know good. a few. It's yeah. a good thing. It's a good thing. All right. Well, so we briefly touched on that baptism, yeah. but I want to ask you a few uh, kind of fun questions, and these I'm stealing from Dwayne the signature bar questions. Oh. The signature bar questions, and I also want to say, our wives. Disappeared from the podcast today because our children are running around. And because they are stronger <laughs> and much more prettier than us. And they're amazing taking care of our children. So yes. Yes. So everybody's like, where's Karen? We want to listen to her. She's uh, the best part of the podcast. The very calming voice, yeah. too. Eventually, she'll do her own show without me. So, <laughs> But anyway, Kyle, what podcasts would you recommend to our listening audience besides the one they're listening to right now and all the ones in the christian podcast community mm -hmm. what other ones would you <laughs> recommend well i guess it depends um so in regard to theology um one of my heroes of the faith who's now departed with the lord is rc sproul mm. as you know um so i love renewing your mind I've been listening to for a good while um you're going to touch on everything from church history to covenant theology to apologetics, even cultural issues. So mm -hmm. you can't go wrong because they're very sound. Um, yeah. The Presbyterian. You know, I was just saying to Karen the other day because I still listen, you know, to Renewing Your Mind. Mm -hmm. Still like old teachings from from RC Doctor Sproul, and uh, I was saying. I was like, I really miss him. Like, Me and I don't too. even like didn't know him, but like, but you feel like you. Yeah, do. and when he died, I was upset, and Me I was too. like, even though I know he's with the Lord, but yeah. it was like a part of me for some reason, you know. And then you still listen to him or watch his videos, and man, like, it's like he never went. Though. Right? Yeah. Church could use him right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, so our listeners don't take anything the wrong way. We don't know where they stand, but for a lot of political analysis and news, I like the Ben Shapiro show. <laughs> so. Ben Shapiro is an Orthodox Jew political commentator, um, and I would say that there's common grace poured out there. And just so people know, because we associate everything with if you listen to it, you support everything, that's not the case. I'm not saying I always agree. Right. I like a lot of things that he says. Um, he's certainly a strong conservative voice. But again, he's not a Christian. We need to remember, uh, remember that when we listen to him. 
but uh, and he's funny, you know, it's fun. So uh, he's actually a good dialogue partner. He'll have a Sunday special where he talks with everyone from different um, worldviews. He'll talk to atheists. He'll talk to Democratic candidates. He'll talk to um, priests. Uh, he had John MacArthur on, Ravi Zacharias on, mm -hmm. and he's a good listener and a good questioner, at least during that. Yeah. So there was um, there's this also one I like to listen to. It's called what. What are we even doing here? Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> oh, I love that show. Oh, shoot. I was hoping you would Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I actually, I listened to one of my best friend's shows. Mm -hmm. So, you should listen to this. Um, another one of my heroes of the faith, Dr. James White. Yes. Uh, Alpha and Omega, The Dividing Line, mm -hmm. I listened to. Bill mm -hmm. um, did Dr. White for years, shortly after I've actually probably got saved. Um... I enjoy Mortification of Spin, yeah. who my friend from church, mm -hmm. Amy Bird, is um, one of the co-hosts on there with Todd Pruitt and Carl Truman. So they always have fun, yeah. and they always bring up a lot of topics, which I like. Um, I would say one I also like, and again, just remember, just because you listen to a podcast doesn't mean you agree with everyone or who they associate with. Mm -hmm. People seem to go very extreme with that. Right. But um, I do like listening to one of the podcasts in the Rebel Alliance podcast. Um, and uh, that's the original one that started with um, Pastor Nate and um, his co-host uh, they call Pootie. <laughs> and uh, they're really cool dudes. They have fun and they have a lot of good insight. And they tackle a lot of cultural issues, yeah. which is really cool. So everything going on. Cool. I um, listened to yeah. one of the Rebel Alliance mm. ones. Uh, forget which one, but it's a husband and wife that host it. Okay. And they actually were going through covenant theology yes. recently. Yeah. And they were talking about infant baptism and everything. So yeah, yeah, they explained it pretty well. And what they brought up, and I, I was talking to you uh, off air about mm -hmm. this, was uh, Ephesians six, with uh, children obey your parents in the, in the Lord. And they made the point that the children are in the Lord, mm -hmm. so they must be in the covenant, mm -hmm. the vis at least the visible covenant, to obey them in the Lord. And yeah. that's that verse has got me thinking a little mm -hmm. bit. So, any any other podcast you want to reco? Or um, I would say it's probably the um main gist of what I've been listening to. Yeah. Cool. How about any books that uh, you've been reading recently? Plenty. Plenty. Um, yeah, it depends on what topic. Um, so, I'm reading Charles Hodges, Volume 1 of Systematic Theology right now. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. I'm reading a history on the black arts. So, that covers everything from astrology to numerology. Oh, wow. Witchcraft. Um, again, I want to know what these people believe and why they believe it. Because mm -hmm. um, they're still human, but believe it or not, it's a very intricate worldview. Wow. With serious thought out things of how the universe works like they think about metaphysical reality they think about how actions affect things so it's really interesting um so yeah i've been reading that uh, i've been reading just finishing keller's book on the reason for god um mm -hmm. just to kind of stay sharp on apologetics um been reading some C.S. Uh, Lewis Chronicles of Narnia to give my brain nice. a break. Yeah. So it's kind of nice at night. Um, mm -hmm. Just to kind of imagine, use your imagination, have fun. And Chronicles of Narnia is amazing. I'm on the sixth book out of seven, and it's really fun. Yeah. Um, 
and let's see, is there anything else? Oh, and I've been reading, what's his name? Of course, I can't think of his name, but he wrote the book, Holy Sexuality and the Gospel. Hmm. Um, so kind of looks at, as Christians, especially those that struggle with same-sex attraction, um, how we should view sexuality, marriage, relationships, all in light of the gospel. A really good book, by the way. Really Excellent. good. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's a lot yeah. of books, a lot of podcasts yeah. recommended, so hopefully you check all of them out. Uh, so, Kyle, I want to thank you for being on the show again, and we can we can do this really anytime because there's this thing uh, called the computer, so we can get you Ooh, on as well. I have one. Yeah. yeah. And we use uh, Zoom to get people on. Hannah, would you like to jump on and uh, add anything to any um, any podcast that you listen to or or anything else you want to say? Same podcasts as Kyle because we usually listen in the car. Mm-hmm. But um, I was listening in and out. Yeah. Probably ditto to everything he said. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks again for... I, can, I concur. I concur. <laughs> for for no. having us on. Yeah. And, no, we, we appreciate you guys. And, you know, we started this podcast as a family podcast mm-hmm. and we love what's going on right here like this yeah. all weekend like, family has you know just a big family yes. getting together brothers and sisters in Christ you know having meals together going out bowling together yes music music going to church yeah. together it's just it's a tremendous blessing this is my like my retreat weekend I always say I always look forward to this weekend as a yeah. vacation time it's time to get, I'm getting emotional just talking but uh, no, it's <laughs> just, true. just to it's get true. away yeah. and you know I'm, I'm hoping uh Baby stays with us so that yeah. he can grow with Lydia and uh, even our, the other child we have right now that mm-hmm. shall remain nameless. Yes, you know, beautiful. She's, yeah, she's been yeah. a blessing over the past couple of weeks, and we just want to grow as a family personally. And hope whatever podcast we record helps other people out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure your stories will resonate with somebody and be a blessing. And yeah, we just we just appreciate and love you guys. Yeah, and, just... and, and same, you know, we've been doing this for what, five years now, mm-hmm. um, where you guys have been coming to Maryland, and you know we've been friends before then, but you know during this time we've continued to grow. And, you know, we literally are family. You know, um, our wives are holding different babies, and mm-hmm. we're taking care of people. There's just a lot, just give and take. You know, um, and that's how a family is. And uh, we get to see each other in good and bad, yeah. and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, thanks for having us on too. No problem. For your faithfulness yeah. too yeah. in your podcast, your ministry, yeah. it's huge. Well, thanks for the encouragement, because sometimes yeah. it's it's hard, especially now, to always record and yeah. get content out and edit, and you know, with, with, so as hard. the family grows and. Yeah. <laughs> But and and sometimes we think, is anybody really listening? Is this really helping? So it's okay. Hannah's hands raised. <laughs> is this radio, Hannah? You can't just raise your hand. <laughs> Did you hear that hand Did go you up? Hand? Yeah, I, yeah. I see, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that. I see that hand. Pray this prayer. I see that hand. Yeah. Yeah, so check out our friend Katie's blog, Travel with Jesus. Yes. That's a good blog. Promote, plug her. Joey's got music on SoundCloud. You can check his music out there. 
And, and I plan on starting a blog in the near future. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. What's it going to be called? Wolves and onions. Wolves, wolves and onions. That makes no sense. Wolves, One thing mushroom. I love, the other I despise. <laughs> So yeah. that's why. You can tell yeah. Them. yeah. No, I always say this. Listen, I think the onions started growing after the fall because no vegetable <laughs> should make you cry. Yeah. <laughs> I love wolves. I them. I, I love. They're cute, but they're vicious. Oh. But onions, like I me. love no matter what. Like me. <laughs> they have yes. layers like ogres. <laughs> yes. Rue, would you like to say anything since it's your birthday? <gasps> It's my birthday. That's why. Oh, we should sing to her. Yay! Okay, I don't know if we can copyrights and all that. Uh, can we sing Happy Birthday on the air? Yeah, do it on YouTube. Happy do it on YouTube. We'll That's why the restaurants home. always come out. Birthday, birthday, it's your birthday, 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 it's your birthday, 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 it's your birthday. Yay! Here's your cake. Yeah. You can make up your own birthday song. You're pretty good at that. Well, what was your favorite part of this weekend? You had and a song then, about that, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my favorite part was bowling. Nice. Bowling was awesome. <laughs> we should go attend next time. Yes. With the lights. Cosmic bowling, mm-hmm. the music, and lights. That'll be way too late. Babysitters. Yeah. Yeah, babysitters. We hope you enjoyed this this episode, this chaotic episode. You heard all the children running around in the back. This episode is sponsored by the letter Q and number three. Yes. But here is Karen to sign us off. I'm so tall. I need to move this up. You're not tall. Well, in the meantime, we pray that you will seek the kingdom of God and, key, 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 and continue to learn... <laughs> What? We are even doing here. Grace and peace. If we ever figure it out. <laughs> um, show which I like.